You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. Every day. We welcome you to a new episode of the Locked On Redskins podcast. I'm your host, Chris Russell, and Redskins fans, if you were paying attention on Monday, you know it was probably about the craziest day this organization has had, if not ever, maybe at worst top three. It was absolute insanity from start to finish, and we're going to go over it all with you as quickly as we can. So let's get right to it. The Redskins have traded Quentin Dunbar to the Seattle Seahawks for a fifth-round pick. Uh, Listen, we talked on our last episode, we talked late last week, we've talked over the last couple of weeks that, you know, it was going to be no chance that Quentin Dunbar was coming back into the fold, right? Uh, There was no way you could build a culture and a foundation and a home with somebody as disgruntled as he was. It was just a matter of time. Now, I got to be honest with you, I thought that this would take a lot longer than it did because I really thought the Redskins would hold out for a second or a third round pick. As it turns out, even though they viewed him as their number one corner, and even though they ideally wanted more, they could not wait to get rid of Quentin Dunbar, and they wound up taking a fifth round pick, which, uh, listen, to me, if you're making this deal is too low, Uh, To me, even if it's a conditional fifth-round pick and the conditions, if met, maybe turns it into a fourth, that's a little bit better. They did not get fair value in exchange and in return for Quentin Dunbar. We know that. But again, as I pointed out on our last episode and I've written about at RedskinsReport.com, hard to expect that a deal was going to come through if you were going to hold firm to, again, something close to Quentin Dunbar's true value, which, you know, again, you want to say it's not a second-round pick because he doesn't play a full 16, because he's not a true natural corner, because he's a converted wide receiver into a corner. It doesn't matter whether he converted or he's not true, natural, this, that, and the other thing. I mean, the bottom line is is he's played at a high-quality level. So it's hard for me to sit here and say, no, 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 fifth-round pick is fair value for Quentin Dunbar, because I know it's not. I mean, you want to make the argument that second round is too rich? Okay, fine. There's a big, 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 big difference between the second round and the fifth round, right? There's the third and the fourth. So, again, give me a conditional. Give me a a true fourth. Give me a third. Now we're talking about a little something better. So I think the Redskins were in such a rush to get rid of him that they probably panicked. They probably did not want him continuously sabotaging the organization and continuously whittling down his trade value. I believe they leaked to pro football talk to try and get people interested again, to try and wake people up, to try and let people know, hey, he's officially open for business, especially if you believe all the reports that they weren't taking calls or that they weren't making calls, I should say. They were taking calls. They weren't apparently making calls. So if you're not making calls and you're taking calls and they pulled off this trade as quickly as they did, what does that tell you? 
it probably tells you that they were the ones that, again, talked to Pro Football Talk and said, yeah, we need to get this done. He's available. What do you mean he's available? He's available. He's available. And then, boom, 36-ish hours later, he's traded to the first decent offer that comes your way, and decent is a stretch. Again, to me, I never believed for one second, for one second, that the Redskins were flooded with offers for Quentin Dunbar because there's no chance you would only get a fifth-round pick if the market was thriving. And they were probably of the thought process, hey, being that we're not going to seek to trade him, we're going to let him kind of rot here, guess, wonder, languish, whatever, get more mad, see how he responds, see if he has a mea culpa, whatever. He's already probably broken that trust. We're going to see what he does here. We'll trade him to the right team if somebody comes a call in and knocks our socks off. Nobody did. And for them to take, again, a fifth-round pick from the Seattle Seahawks, not even a high fifth-round pick, just tells you everything you need to know. Again, I truly believe the Redskins were the team, or you know, I truly believe that the Redskins went to pro football talk and leaked that. Of course, right? I mean, it would make sense if the team is putting him on the the trade block when he kind of already was. They're trying to drum up interest because there wasn't a lot of interest. Now, what will be interesting and what I'm trying to figure out and what I'm wondering about is how soon a contract extension for Quentin Dunbar takes place in Seattle. So he was making... What, $3.25 million this year and going into the final year of his deal? I don't think you're, if you're Seattle, you make that deal without knowing that you have to give him some sort of contract extension, right? Now, you could say, hey, listen, we went out and acquired you. We gave up a fifth round pick for you. We didn't say, we were absolutely going to give you a contract extension. Why don't you get to know us? We'll get to know you, and it'll be a 50-50 type thing. Clearly, Dunbar did not want to play like that here in Washington because in his Instagram post saying goodbye and thanks and whatever, he thanked the Redskins fans, he thanked Dan Snyder, he thanked Jay Gruden, he even thanked Bruce Allen. Uh, teammates, all that was, you know, again, apologetic to the fans. He never thanked Ron Rivera or Kyle Smith. So he blames them. He blames them essentially for not giving him the money. So now that he got what he wanted, right? Meaning out of Washington, we all presume what he wanted in order to go along with a trade is a long-term contract extension worth a lot of money, right? That's natural. The question is, does he go to Seattle and does he play for Seattle if they don't give him the contract extension, especially in this off season of uncertainty, especially with the medicals. And by the way, I don't even know, you know, especially now that Dr. Anthony Casalero has come out, who is one of the Redskins team doctors and internists, come out and said, look, doctors should not be performing physicals on free agents and presumably traded players. 
to make trades official. I don't even know if this trade is going to be official until we get back to football. Because in order for a trade to be official, Dunbar is going to have to pass a physical. Now, if you notice, in all of the reporting, unless I missed it, it does not say a 2020 fifth-round pick. Again, unless I missed it. Um, I think, I think, ultimately, um, if you can't get a physical and therefore can't make the deal official before the draft, then what do you do? Well, I guess the fifth-round pick... I mean, the, the trade could be null and void, quite honestly. Number one. Number two, the fifth-round pick, if it stays at that, could be for 2021 instead of 2020. So... It just says in Adam Schefter's report, Seahawks are sending a Washington a fifth-round pick in exchange. And the inference is because the Redskins, who made another trade on Monday, which we'll get to, traded a five for that particular pick, they get back the inferences that it's for this year. But what if Quentin Dunbar can't get a physical? What if he can't pass a physical? And again, being that the NFL has now, or the NFL Doctors Association, whatever they're called, led by Dr. Anthony Casalero, because he put out the statement, said players cannot no longer have physicals to officially seal the deal on trades or on free agent signings. I assume that means for trades as well. So we might not get official word on this deal until we get back to real life and get back to football. So that'll be something that's interesting to kind of watch out for. Uh, because, again, I haven't seen any specific. I mean, first of all, the deal is not official. We know that. Number one. Number two, again, if you can't get the physical, what happens if you still can't get the physical a month from now and we're at the draft? What happens then? Does it go automatically to 2021 or is the deal null and void? I don't know. Just something to think about. Something to think about. All right. I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us on the Locked on Redskins podcast. When we return, the Redskins have swung a deal for a new quarterback. Details and analysis next right here on LOR. All right, we are with you on the Locked on Redskins podcast. So the Redskins acquired a new quarterback on Monday as well. Kyle Allen of the Carolina Panthers. That's right. The Panthers signed P.J. Walker out of the XFL on Monday morning. He was with Matt Rule at Temple, their new head coach. That meant, in addition to Cam Newton, who's either going to be traded or very likely released shortly, that the Panthers had, what, five quarterbacks in the room, and you're only going to have three. You had Will Greer, you had Kyle Allen, you have Cam Newton, you have Teddy Bridgewater, and now you had P.J. Walker. So they have to really get rid of two. So the question was Cam and who, Greer or Kyle Allen? 
Kyle Allen was undrafted. Greer was, what, a third-round pick? So, I mean, it makes some sense. You'd keep that pick just a year ago, even though Allen was a little bit more impressive. Allen with more experience, 12 starts last year. He got off to a 4-0 start and then won one of his last eight. Listen, Kyle Allen is probably exactly what the Redskins wanted him to be. He is a guy who's capable of starting. He's a guy that can push Dwayne Haskins. He's a guy that if you go to him because of injury or lack of performance, that you don't feel like you have no chance, especially if you can sustain, uh, surround him with better talent than they did in Carolina last year and better depth and better defense and better offensive line because the one area that he really, really struggles in, and we saw it when he played against the Redskins, is pass protection or getting rid of the football and not taking sacks. He was sacked seven times by the Redskins in that game, held onto the ball way too long, yet he was great at the start, extending plays, buying time, buying a little space, a couple of touchdowns on the first two drives, hot knife through butter action against the Redskins defense, who then finally sunk in and figured it out. Remember Fabian Moreau had an interception at the Carolina 11-yard line? That was immediately cashed in. The Redskins ran the ball down Carolina's throat. But from a Kyle Allen perspective, you get sacked seven times by the Redskins. It tells you two things. Your offensive line is terrible, and they were. They were beat up to all get out. Um, And obviously, they've added a new left tackle this offseason, Russell Okung, so you kind of, you know, kind of figure that out, right? On top of that, on top of that, it tells you that he's not great at getting rid of the football. Uh, my buddy um, Chris Trapasso of CBSSports.com said he watched every single throw of Kyle Allen's last year, and that was the number one thing he walked away with. Good arm, and you see that when you watch him, and we saw that in late November, but he doesn't get rid of the football, and that's going to mean he takes hits and sacks, and that's been a problem for a lot of Redskins quarterbacks. It was a problem for Colt McCoy. It was a problem for Robert Griffin. Uh, it's a problem for Dwayne Haskins. Now the Redskins have two quarterbacks that essentially hold on to the football too long. I'll have to do some advanced analytical work uh, to get you the exact numbers for the next episode, but trust me, you know, like hips don't lie, old Shakira Shakira, the eyes don't lie either. They hold on to the ball too long, and that's a problem. Now, it also tells you, I think, that the door is closed on Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, that the Redskins don't feel great about Alex Smith, and how could they? Or at least they don't trust him, and we've been saying all offseason long, there's no way you can trust him. Uh, As great of a story as it would be, you can't do that. But it would also seem to indicate to me, while not definite, that now that you have this, you probably aren't going to spend a number two overall pick. Not that I thought it was going to happen anyway. And I can't 100% rule it out because I've been burned by this organization before. However, I think it's even less likely that they go quarterback number two, i.e. Tua Tagovailoa, as opposed to Monday morning when I thought it was maybe a 3% chance, now it might be a 2 or a 1% chance that they go to it at number two, or Justin Herbert, but likely to it. Now, if it's Joe Burrow, somehow Cincinnati does something different, I think that's a different thing. I think that's a different thing. Again, Kyle Allen is going to be capable of pushing Dwayne Haskins. Kyle Allen is going to be 
capable of starting. He's going to be capable of playing a few games if you need in an injury. Uh, if Dwayne is struggling, if he's struggling to pick up the system. And remember, in this crazy, crazy offseason where teams and coaches are going to have no OTAs, and I don't even know if they can get them the playbook and the play pad, the play iPad, and the system and the language. The fact that Kyle Allen knows it, or at least has a tremendous, tremendous leg up and advantage, is huge for the Redskins. Because again, we might not be looking at football until late July and the start of training camp, if we even get started then. And I don't think the NFLPA is going to allow the NFL to extend training camp or the preseason or whatever, even if we have no offseason. They're going to say, the hell with you. We are not doing that to our athletes and our members, period. So to have a quarterback that knows the system and knows the language and knows the terminology and Scott Turner knows and Ron Rivera knows and the offensive coaches know, um, you know, to me, <laughs> I mean – That makes it a pretty fair deal, right? Would I have liked better than Kyle Allen? Yes. Am I in love with giving a fifth-round pick? No. But fifth-round pick, Calais Campbell went for a fifth-round pick to Jacksonville to Baltimore. Um, You know, there have been other quarterback trades that have gone for fifth-round picks recently. The bottom line is this. You're going to have to give up something to get a potential starter to get somebody that started 12 games and played at a decent level last year. And you're going to have to give up something to get something. And basically the fifth round pick that they got from Seattle in the Quentin Dunbar deal essentially cancels out the fifth round pick they had to give to Carolina. So now once again, they had a fifth round pick, which they didn't have for a couple of hours. They now have a fifth round pick back in the fold. So now we're back to the second and the sixth round in which The Redskins do not have a draft pick. So Kyle Allen, uh, not official, but agreed to reportedly, according to all major sources. But again, much like the Dunbar situation, probably not going to be officially announced uh, until they can get a physical. And because, again, they announced that they're not going to be doing physicals, we have an issue. Uh, Not as big of an issue as the Dunbar situation, but you get my point. But it could still come into play that... What happens at the draft if the deal's not official? I don't know. I don't know how they're going to get around this. All right, I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us. We will return and tell you about Trent Williams as well, Monte Nicholson, as well, a defensive lineman is back. lot to do as we close up shop here on a very busy Locked on Redskins podcast. What's up, guys? If you've been a listener of this podcast, the Locked On Redskins podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Redskins is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Redskins fans, just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners, not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Locked On Redskins fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's Put your company right here on this Locked On Podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. Let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On Advertising success. Once again, that's text the word 
advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. All right, we continue along on the Locked On Redskins podcast, and we finish it up this way. According to Mary Kay Cabot of the Cleveland Plain Dealer, the Cleveland Browns are still apparently interested and leaving open the possibility of a trade for Trent Williams. Here's what she wrote. The Browns explored trading for Williams after the Redskins gave him permission to seek a deal two weeks ago. He is still a possibility if the Redskins lower their asking price and or if Willing Williams is willing to accept less in an extension. Oh, shocking. Wow. I think there was somebody that has written about and mentioned a million times that it can't be your cake and eat it too. You cannot get everything that you want. If the Browns surrender a higher pick, they'd likely want a longer term deal, which would effectively take them out of the strong left tackle market in the draft. So, Basically, what she's saying, if the Browns say give up a second round pick, they'd want Trent Williams for a longer term deal, but maybe at a lower average annual value. But if they only give up like a fifth round pick or fourth round pick, then maybe they'd be willing to roll the dice on a short term extension. Who knows? Um, But again, we and this is the same is true still for Quentin Dunbar. The same is still true. The Redskins rushed into that deal, right? They didn't have to make that deal today. And they could still abolish it. They could still alter it. They could still change it. But they didn't have to make that deal today. They didn't have to. And they did. So it'll be interesting to see what happens because, you know, now... Not that Dunbar and Williams are the same, but essentially people realize how desperate the Redskins are to clean shop, to clean house. And why, if you're the Browns, would you give a fourth or a third or a second for Trent Williams? It it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, especially being that you have to take on the player and the contract demands, and you don't know whether or not the player can pass a physical and whether or not the player is going to be the same player. So I wonder if the Redskins sent a bad precedent by rushing into the Dunbar deal. They probably did. And this was something that I was told about and warned about, you know, first time head coach with all the power, first time general manager, and he's not even a general manager by title. Are they going to do everything right? Are they going to be patient? Are they going to be savvy? Are they going to be cal- or are they going to be impulse? You know, on one hand, they've handled themselves, you know, smartly and effectively, and maybe cautiously and too conservatively in free agency, but in some ways, they've handled things with reckless aggression, ruthless aggression, as they say in the WWE. All right. So that's that. The Redskins also cut Monte Nicholson on Monday and four other defensive backs. Listen, the four other defensive backs, nobody cares about them. No offense. Cody Sensabaugh and Breon Borders and guys like that. 
they weren't making the roster. Nobody cares about it. Nobody even knows they were still here. Monte Nicholson is the name. Uh, I don't have enough time to get into all of this, but this was the absolute right move. This should have been done last November. This should have been done the December before that. Uh, there's no chance I would have had Monte Nicholson on my team and playing free safety and starting free safety for me. No chance. None at all. He's not good enough to justify all the TMZ headlines and headaches and embarrassments. Not even more. Like, I would have done it the first time. Never mind. Wait for the second time. So, you know, look. This is, again, a year and three months too late, but kudos to Kyle Smith and Ron Rivera for pulling the plug. And the other thing the Redskins did today, and it's a quiet under-the-radar move, is re-sign Caleb Brantley, the defensive lineman who nobody really knows much about. I'm telling you, Jim Tomsula was really high on him. He was having a great camp, and, you know, I think Caleb Brantley is going to be a contributor for this team. I don't know how big, uh, but I think they really missed his depth early last year when he was once again re-injured in week one. And then Jonathan Allen was also hurt as well. All right. That's going to do it for us on a big episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast. We covered all the big news. We will be able to expand on it as things if they slow down. Uh, and maybe they will, maybe they won't, but we will be able to do so uh, throughout the week. I'm Chris Russell. Thanks for being with us right here on LOR. Adios.